Hello and welcome to Two Peds in a Podcast. My name is Dr Sarah Simons and I'm an F2 in the East Midlands. I'm joined today by Dr Ian Lewins, one of the consultants in Derbyshire Children's Hospital. Hello. And we're going to talk today about the kid who presents with a temperature. Yeah. And a little bit about febrile convulsions and, and what that means yeah. in practice. So I think a good place to start is asking why do we get temperatures? Why do we get a fever? So yeah, I mean, parents ask that as a lot. Is is what's what what is the purpose? And I tend not to go into the whole physiology of things, but what I would say to folks is, look, the, the, the reason we generate temperatures is to raise our body's core temperature. We produce chemicals in response to an infection to actually raise our body's core temperature to, mm-hmm. to burn off and kill off that virus or that mm-hmm. germ or whatever. So it, it, it is a defence mechanism mm-hmm. to, to, in many in many cases to sort of protect ourselves against whatever infecting organism we've managed to pick up. Okay, so that leads quite nicely into children with a temperature. Yeah. So I know that in some babies, so kids under three months old, we wouldn't necessarily um, see them always when they're unwell, but we wouldn't expect children that young to generate that raise in body temperature. So a kid who presents, a baby who presents with a fever under three months old is a warning sign. So that's something that you'd be concerned about. Yeah. And why would that be then? So we, we you know, the, the, we take those children as almost as a very different group of children. That they, that they are, they, as you say, they shouldn't really be generating a fever that high, and that should worry you, which is a complete opposite for the snotty two-year-old. They get snots and temperatures all the time, and they, they sort of generate a response to this. But as you say, the, 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 the neonate, the, the, the small person, shouldn't really be having to generate a temperature against something is telling you it is likely to be something bacterial that's infecting me. Um, and equally, their immune system, their ability to fight things off is so very different to the, the, the older child who's, who's getting their immunity. Um, so we, we would... These are sort of red flag kids. The, the under three months with a fever. And I think it's also important to say, what, what do you mean by fever? Mm-hmm. Um, so we would take it for that age group, any child uh, temperature above 38, as that's a fever you have to take very seriously. And okay. actually, sort of almost automatically, you'd be thinking septic screen. So baby with a temperature of 38, yeah. 38.5 is straight into a septic screen and, and, and antibiotics. Warrant, yeah, so that would warrant bloods and urine yep. and a lumbar puncture yep. and all sorts of fun and games yes. for a tiny person. Absolutely. Yeah. And okay. it may be nothing. Yeah. And, you know, you may not grow anything and give it 24 hours. They're absolutely fine. And I would say to parents, much rather be overkill and be wrong yeah. than say, it's probably nothing and be wrong. Yeah. Better safe than sorry. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Mm. Um, so babies are a very particular subgroup of you should be worried. Take them very seriously. So moving on to the snotty toddlers that yes. we constantly see running around the department watching yeah. Peppa Pig. Yeah. What's that temperature then? What would worry us about a two-year-old, for example, who's been a bit under the weather but has a temperature of, say, 40? Yeah. That's a tricky one to answer because, actually, when in the very small person, you're sort of saying, I'm treating a number, mm-hmm. almost the reverse comes into play when they're a bit older that says, treat the child rather than the number. Yeah. Whereas in the younger one, I'm treating the number as well as the child. Yeah. Here, it's... So, you know, parents often say, what's a dangerous temperature to have? Mm. To which answer is, well, 
there isn't really any evidence that says there's a dangerous mm. temperature. Your child won't explode if it reaches a temperature of forty point five. So we, we sort of get you know what's a dangerous temperature? Well, there isn't really. Yeah. And actually, for these older kids, you you look at the whole child. You don't just look at that number yeah. you sort of say look if this is his child who's hot and horribly tachycardic and tachypneic and mm. poorly perfused and yeah they're clearly ill mm. but the example you've given of the one who's charging around with a temperature of 40 they're clearly not ill so actually treat the child rather than the fever and something that parents tend to say quite often is well he's all right and you know we've given him some cowpole but we just can't get the temperature down yeah um, and even in a child who maybe isn't eating and drinking quite so much, but enough, yeah. so is taking something, yeah. um, and is relatively well in himself, the fact that that temperature is non-refractory is yeah. a big thing that concerns parents. It is, uh, yeah, and that's a very common, I can't get the temperature down, and I, I should be able to get the temperature down. Yeah. Twitch answer is, well, mm, do you have to get the temperature mm. down? I think a lot of parents feel... Nobody's ever sort of said that to them. The, the, yeah. the, the, I think the gut reaction is, I must get that temperature down. Yeah. And if you sort of say, well, actually, here, here's the thing. Our body's generating chemicals to produce a temperature mm-hmm. is our defence mechanism. Why would you want to undermine that by yeah. bringing the temperature sort of artificially down with paracetamol and ibuprofen? And it's a very different way of thinking to, to mm. sort of, to, to a lot of people. Um and, and, and they, this sort of concept of, you know, the, the dangerous temperature and those sorts of things yeah. and trying to sort of say, well, actually, you know, I know they've got a temperature 40, but they're charging about. They're, yeah. they're clearly coping with it fine. So you don't have to bring the temperature down. I think a lot of that that you're saying is mismatched expectations. So helping parents understand why a kid has spiked a temperature yeah. helps relieve their anxiety to some extent. But there's still another group of parents who come in uh, after their child's had a seizure. Yeah. Um, and a seizure is pretty scary for a parent yeah. who's never seen a child seized before. Absolutely. And we know that in the vast, vast majority of these cases where you've got a kid who's been a bit snotty, a bit hot, and then has had a, a first-time seizure, it's a febrile convulsion. Yeah. So talking about febrile convulsions or febcons, yeah. what's kind of the hallmark of a febrile convulsion as opposed to a normal seizure then? Yeah. You're absolutely right. I think that that the point you touched upon there is that that for many parents, f- having never seen this before, they think their child's going to die. Yeah. And I think we as practitioners have to be empathetic to that. And equally, if you've never seen a seizure before, yeah, it's actually quite terrifying. Even if you're in an environment of ED, yeah, and, and thinking, oh my god, this child's yeah, fitting in front right. of me. That's it's it's very scary. So it's important not to underplay them because actually a lot of the kids have finished their febrile convulsion by the time they come to you. Um, so, you know, it's the, the things that we would say of a typical febrile convulsion would be um, uh, uh, age is important. So classically sort of six months to six years um, with history of fever. So febrile convulsion, therefore must mm-hmm. ideally probably have had a fever that's generalised. So not a focal seizure. So focal seizure is totally different and should yeah. concern you potentially. So, you know, we, we often teach that focal seizure equals focal lesion and those kids probably need a scan. Yeah. Um, so a generalised seizure that sort of lasts less than five to ten minutes that 
terminates on its own and the child's pretty much back to their normal self within an hour you would say is a typical mm. simple febrile convulsion which is quite different from perhaps a post-ictal child who's had a generalized tonic-clonic seizure that wasn't a febrile convulsion yeah. and there's different sort of features that you could identify as part of your history yeah absolutely and you know say so a lot of these children have recovered very quickly if they're taking a long time to recover sort mm. of you're now two three hours down the line and they're still not quite with it you've got to think what's going on here mm. i mean from my perspective whilst i accept that you know that the seizure in itself as a symptom mm-hmm. is very terrifying for parents actually treat it as such that's a symptom mm. and far more importantly from my perspective is why have you got the fever what, what's, what's it yeah. that's stimulated that in the same way that you or I might have a rigor in response to something yeah. this is kind of a child's so it's response seeing, yeah, so it's seeing the fever as a presenting complaint and the convulsion as a symptom rather than seeing the seizure as a presenting complaint and the fever as a symptom it's recognising that kind absolutely. of way round of and things. it's making sure that you know you're absolutely right making sure that it is a febrile convulsion it's not something yeah, you know, it's not an encephalitis or a meningitis or some or a seizure yeah. that, that's masquerading as that. But if you if they're ticking those sorts of boxes for your simple febrile convulsion, then then you're sort of thinking, okay, why have you got the the the, the fever? Because a lot of parents will say when you sort of saying to them as we we, if we go back, mm. you don't need to bring that temperature down. One of the counters that they often have is, well, what about febrile convulsions? Yeah. Mm. So, Surely you must want to do something about that. Yeah, and I think when you explain that this child's had a seizure because their temperature's so high, it is a knee-jerk reaction to say, well, if I bring the temperature down, does that mean that they won't seize? Yeah. And then you end up in this cycle of funneling in paracetamol again. Yeah. Um, and I think it, what you've said previously is that it's not so much about the temperature, but it's the speed at which they develop the temperature. So the onset and, yeah. and the development of it more so that's more relevant to yeah. that. So it's and you would think it would make sense that if we're saying, look, this is a response to high temperature, that if I as a parent did something mm. that brings that temperature down, so if I give regular paracetamol, regular ibuprofen at the first instead of snotty nose, mm. that'll prevent febrile convulsions. That makes sense. Mm. It's also not true. Which is interesting. Sadly. So yeah. the, the, the research does not support that. That sort of prophylactic, if you like, antipyretics do not reduce the risk instance of febrile convulsions. Which is a really important thing to make very clear to parents, I would imagine, in that circumstance. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's, it's, you know, it's important to sort of get that across to them. And one of the, the, the sort of catches, I guess, is that... I spend my time saying, well, we don't need to get that temperature down. We don't mm. need to do that. And yet, when they come through ED with a fever, what do we do? Exactly. We give them paracetamol. Mm. Um, so that's that's a bit of a culture change. I think we need to sort of... Practice what we ...debate preach. and, and yeah. think about. And um, you, you, this, you, I must get that temperature down. Because, uh, you know, you'll see, again, people fairly new to paediatrics will, will sort of say, I've got to get the temperature down before they go home. Short answer is you could be sitting here for a very long time whilst waiting for that temperature yeah. to settle, because it might not do. Um, and I agree, if they've had a sort of a long period of fever, so more than five days, you've then got to think, OK, this is a bit more yeah. than just a viral infection, because most of those should last less than five days. Yeah. If it's going on a longer, 
a longer period of time. Yeah. Something something is not quite right here. But you know, it, I'd be I'd be comfortable as somebody's done a bit of paediatrics mm. to say you've got a temperature of thirty nine. The rest of your numbers are okay. You look okay. I'm happy for you to go home. You might have fever for a few days, but I'd expect it to settle. Because the worst thing you can do is get the temperature down and say, go home, come back if they have another temperature. Because in a viral illness, guess what they'll do? They'll mm. have another temperature and they'll be back the next day and you send them away again. And that, that helps nobody. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 important. So uh, so if I'm happy to send home a child who's hot, but numbers are otherwise okay. Versus the child who might have a very low grade temperature, but might have mm. a tachycardia or a tachypnea or slightly oxygen. They're not right. Yeah. I, I feel far more uncomfortable about that than uh, a, than a, isolated fever. Yeah, than a yeah. rampaging fever that's in a child who's otherwise totally well. Okay. So as well as advice about using antipyretics appropriately yeah. um, and self-resolving nature of viral illnesses, yeah. what are the other take-home messages that you would advise a parent who's presented with a kid who's had a first presentation of a FebCon? So the, I mean, it, it, important to sort of un- explain that, I say it's a symptom. Mm-hmm important to explain that in a simple febrile convulsion one of the big worries is has this caused brain damage and we can fairly confidently say no it hasn't Mm -hmm. Um, in many children it tends to be a one-off but I can't give you a guarantee so some children will get recurrent febrile convulsions Um, but generally they sort of outgrow them if you like as the as the, the idea is that the developing brain becomes more sort of able Robust, to com- yeah. com- uh, compensate for, for or accommodate high temperatures or swings in sudden temperature. Because mm-hmm. I think w- what it's important to say is, look, the suggestion is that it's it's not how hot you are that causes the convulsion. It seems to be maybe how quickly you go from having a normal temperature to being quite hot. And often that mm-hmm. occurs in the first 24 hours of a viral illness. So it may be actually the presenting feature... It's the of first the viral illness, mm. and you sort of say, "Well, look, you're fine now. I've examined you. Uh, there's nothing really fine. I suspect in the next 24, 48 hours, you'll develop diarrhea, vomiting, cough, mm. cold, snot, nose, and that will give us our answer." Yeah, and and I think that's important to say that because it's a, it can occur very early in the illness, and they sort of wake up, they've been on the sofa, maybe a bit under the weather, suddenly rampagingly hot, have a seizure. And, and that's important to reassure a lot of the time that, that actually it's not life-threatening. Yeah. It's not. It looks horrible. They look awful, but it's not. It's, it's not going to cause sort of brain injury or anything like that. And actually, as for us, it's important not to get distracted by that. It's important to think, okay, why have you got the fever? What are the, the, the features here that should worry mm. me and shouldn't worry me? So I think for trainees who perhaps aren't paediatrics based yeah. so perhaps the foundation doctors uh, or more, most commonly the doctors working in general practice yeah. nice have a pretty good set of guidelines with their traffic light system they do and what would your take-home messages based around that for people who perhaps don't have that reassurance of an yeah. experienced well-staffed children's a&e department behind them seeing a child with a fever and a child who may have had a febrile convulsion previously absolutely i think we can be quite sniffy sometimes in ed but we have to remember actually we've got hours an army as well. not 10 minutes to yeah. assess this child and we've got all the monitoring we've absolutely and the, the gp has got a very short period of time to sort of make that decision the thing i would say is look as a as a gp fever is the commonest presentation to you 
as a, of a child. So for those people coming into our department who are, say, GP trainers or thinking about going into GP training, I would say take that lovely uh, traffic light, nice guidance, print it out in colour, stick it on your door. And if you take nothing away from paediatrics, your time with us, take that away. Because that's the thing that will allow you to sort of say, okay, yes, you've got a temperature, but actually you're all green on the traffic light system for everything else. So I'm not too worried about you. I can put in a place some safety netting or your amber or your red. I should be concerned about this. Somebody else needs to maybe have a look at this. So print that off, stick it on your door. That, that maybe you get something laminated get it laminated absolutely CQC <laughs> will go mad if you don't have it laminated yeah. <laughs> and use that it's, it's a really helpful guide because one of the, the commonest you know the, 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 the presentations of parents to GPs of I can't get the temperature down one of the commonest discussions we have with primary care is I can't find a focus for this fever mm-hmm. to which the answer is okay you don't actually need to find a focus. Yeah, which is sometimes quite hard because I think as doctors, you really want an answer a lot of the time. So, yeah, and I think sometimes it's it's putting kind of an adult practice yeah. into paediatrics, whereas you know an adult with a fever without focus generates all sorts of yeah. alarm bells. We have wonderful tests. Um, whereas actually, a child with a fever without focus actually may well be developing their focus but their fever is their first symptom Mm. of that so the answer is you don't have to find a a focus as long as you're comfortable that the thing i can't yet see isn't something serious and that's where that sort of traffic light system will help you so if you can say actually you're all green yes you've got a temperature you look otherwise well i can't find anything the, the the likely answer is you will develop the child's going to develop something in the next 24 48 hours um which will be a cough a cough it's not a diarrhea vomit, something like that mm. um but actually if you can't find something and they're red that or amber then maybe the thing that you can't find at the moment is something a bit more serious is a pneumonia that, that you can't quite hear yet it's a bit more insidious or yeah is a urine yeah. infection and so one of the you know, when we look at investigations for this, one of the key things is always try and get a urine. So trying to get a urine, which you know is difficult. A skill enough. in itself. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> difficult in us, enough for us in a four-hour yeah. limit. Trying to get one in ten minutes for the primary caregiver is ugh, nothing short. Very of difficult. Yeah, sometimes. quite <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, the 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 absolute bottom line always refer to the nice fever without focus guidance that will help you so much. Okay. Lovely. All right. Thank you very much, Dr. Lewins. Okay. Thank you very much.